Sleepers, I have missed you all. After a few months off, I'm back and ready to bring you all of the content. Last year was rough for me personally, and the break was very well deserved. With that all being said, welcome to the Keeping It Casual podcast. If you're new, hello. And if you're a keeper, thank you for coming back. This month, thanks to our sponsor, Rose Dolly Art. Yay! Go to rosedollyart.com for all of your fun and funky needs. Woman-owned and operated company. Also, we want to give a shout out to Joe's Lube. Thank you, Joe's International, for all the fun and tasty treats you've been giving me. And finally, to our big sponsor, Like a Kitten, woman-owned and operated. It is a sex toy subscription box. Go to likeakitten.com right now and use code KEEPERS20 at checkout. This episode, we have a very special guest who went through some very similar things that I did last year. And we have her on to talk about life, love, and of course, podcasting. Please welcome back Lynx, host of the Muses podcast. Yay! Yay. Woo! Hey. How oh, you doing? I'm so happy and excited to be doing this with you. Like you said, we've both been through so much in the past year and so much like similarities there. And yeah. um, I think it was like perfect timing and like absolutely right. Like when you said, come on the podcast, be the first guest back. I'm like, yes, this is, this was meant to be. It feels meant to be. It did. Our whole friendship feels meant to be like, let's be real here. (laughs) Exactly. I was just thinking like this time, like two years ago, I think we were together in Vegas or. Yeah. (sighs) Uh, we were we were going out and hanging out, and uh, we had no idea what was about to come. <laughs> no, we did not. No, we did not. But like, what an amazing thing to have gotten that trip in just before you know the, the shit stopped. Hit the yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I yeah. know it's so funny with that too because I really think we all got COVID because everybody got so sick. Yeah. After we had that uh, that convention and. Um, I had never been that sick in my life and we all just kind of like joked off like, oh, it's the the Dalcon uh, cold. We all just said it was a cold because yeah. there was no COVID testing or anything. And then seriously, probably what, like a month later, the entire world shut down and we were like, oh, oopsie. Yeah, I got back from that trip on like a Thursday and by uh-huh. Saturday, Toronto was locked down. Oh my God. Yeah. And they said like, oh, two weeks. <laughs> Just oh yeah, because you guys went to LA after you came yes. here. So that's why. That's why. All right. Yeah. You, I've been California dreaming so much recently. Like, oh, I'll, uh, I'll be watching shows and I'll be like, like that'll be based out of LA. And I'm like, God, I miss LA. I miss LA so much. Like, I can't afford to live there. I don't know why. I think that like every time I look at it, I'm like, I miss LA. I'm wearing a Los Angeles Ram shirt even <laughs> while we're <laughs> talking. But um, yeah. That's one of those things that happened when I went to LA that I realized, you know, of course, LA looks exactly the same as it does in the movies and everything, but it's not mm-hmm. until you're there and like experiencing it where you're like, this is like this, I've seen all of this before. Like it's, you already know it, you're familiar with it. And once you go there and like fall in love with it, watching any movie, I, same thing happens with New York for me where I'm just I like, was gonna oh. say New York is very similar f- with that for me because like LA I'm pretty close to but New York I love New York when I go visit and when I see it on TV and stuff I'm like oh why am I not there right now and also New Orleans New Orleans is like 
Uh, I would move there. <laughs> that was actually going to be my next trip, like a couple months after Vegas and LA. Like that was, I had, I was planning a trip there and then COVID and I haven't yet, but still on my list. One day I will get there for sure. But I, uh, I think I'm going to go in July of this year. Ooh. Okay. So I love you so much. When we last spoke to you and Shanti, there was a lot of big news you guys announced, but what's been going on since? <laughs> Well, something really awesome happened recently. Um, Shanti and I, I got an email a couple months ago from a woman in England being like, hey, um, I really love your podcast. I've been learning a lot. I work for Cosmopolitan. I would love to interview you. Oh, my God. Yeah, a segment they were going to do on groupies. Um, It's out right now in the February issue. It's their 50th (gasps) anniversary issue cosmopolitan uk i should say oh and yeah and they also interviewed patty johnson i have two interviews with her on our Mm -hmm. podcast everyone should check them out she's incredible but yeah that was like an insane surprising fun especially awesome yeah especially right now because i am someone who does not do well in winter to begin with, mm-hmm. you know, seasonal depression, all of that. So, and then COVID on top and just life, everything. Um, so that was like an absolute highlight of my winter. And I've been waiting. I haven't told anyone about it. I've been patiently waiting for the the article to come out and it did a couple days ago. And actually I think after I talked to you today, um, I'm going to, head to my local bookstore and pick up a copy because I don't have a physical copy yet. I've seen an online one. Oh. But I haven't actually like read the full article or anything yet either. So I'm just like yes. so pumped for that. I think I'm going to have to go buy a copy too and be like, those are my friends. Ah. <laughs> yeah. um, and then uh, so how we went through something similar is where I, I, I mean, MJ stepped down and then Shanti stepped down from Muses yeah. as well. Yeah. So – so you're my first episode back, but you've done episodes without Shanti. Um, how have things changed since your pivot? Um, a lot. I mean, it's more work for me, obviously. Shanti and I had yes. a really good, yeah. We had a really good partnership, I feel, where, you know, she took control of some, I took control of some. Mm-hmm. Anytime one of us was, you know, low energy, the other one would pick up. Like, we were really good. And not having a partner to do that with and having everything on you, that's been something else. What I've noticed is not having that partner to motivate you like, hey, we got to get this done is really what's getting me like, oh my God. A hundred percent. I feel like that's another thing where like, I always made my deadlines. I always did everything. Mm -hmm. Like she was a constant motivator. I didn't want to let her down ever. Yeah. So like you, you... You do whatever you can to get it done. And yeah, when without having that, the one thing that I've been doing since getting back into it is um, almost all of my guests so far have been repeat guests or mm-hmm. friends of mine. So I already have a relationship with them. I already know kind of how it's going to go. There are people I'm happy to talk to, comfortable talking yeah. to, uh, like this, right? Like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, that's helped a lot for sure. Um, but going forward, I'm going to try to do a lot more interviews with, you know, people I haven't spoken to yet. Yeah. So, um, I'm excited for that, but also mm-hmm. again, nervous. Cause I'm sure like, you know, it's, it's good to have that like 
that person with you mm-hmm. or that to, ba- to, to support and to bounce ideas off of too. Cause sometimes I'll type out a question. I'll be like, am I an asshole wanting to ask this? You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, y- you have somebody to like check you too, to be like, girl, you need to be put in your place for a second. And, you know, I think we both have such gracious partners too, that when they were like, I'm sorry, I can't do this anymore. We both were like, okay, so can I continue on with this? And they like, we had 100% support from our, our business partners. And I feel like not a lot of people have that. Like people want the like drama of like, Oh my God, well, why'd you guys step up? Blah, blah. Why'd you guys break up? Did it? What happened? And it's like, nothing happened in our friendship. MJ and I went out to the bar last night together. And, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it's exactly just, the same. Yeah, exactly. It's just that, you know, our, our co-hosts needed to go on different journeys. Mm-hmm. Did, yeah. So, so did people message you and ask if there was drama between you and Shanti? Because people totally were asking me what happened between MJ and I. Absolutely. Yeah. I got a lot of messages being like, if you need to talk about anything, like I'm here. And I'm like, I don't, there, no, I don't, I, I talked about all of that with Shanti already. Like we're good. Uh, and again, yeah. yeah, I talk to Shanti every day. Um, when the Cosmopolitan interview came up, she had already left the podcast but I wrote her immediately and I was like do you want to mm-hmm. do this with me like we created this together I want you to be a part of, of this course. um and of she's course. been on the podcast since as a guest and she's actually going to be my first guest back I've been taking a break so yeah yeah so that's so exciting yeah I mean MJ I know she told me she's like I'll pop on when I feel like it da 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 and I'm I'm so I I don't know. Like I said, we're both very blessed with that situation. And I want to say I'm very blessed to know you too, because when MJ told me she was going to step down, you were the first person I talked to because I knew you were going through it. Yeah. And you've really helped me with my transition and all of this. Um, And even listening to the episodes after Shanti stepped down, I was like, oh, okay. You can go. There is life after (laughs) co-host. Yes, for sure. It's just, it's a different route but it's still doable and again I do feel like it would be very different if our partners hadn't given us the support that we needed or I think so yeah it would be a different vibe but yeah with their blessing and everything it's it's just another you know step forward for everyone Mm -hmm. well and then MJ and I we still like like same thing you and Shanti we still talk like every day but also we still plan on doing stuff keep like as MJ and Bria of keeping it casual together it's just more mm-hmm. so like we're she's not going to be on the podcast and I think if like somebody contacted you and Shanti to do like a live show or interview you know somebody I'm sure Shanti would be like hell yeah I'm down yeah. <laughs> you know there's still dream interviews that I know both Shanti and I have. And I feel like if ever I had the opportunity to do them in the future, I would Mm -hmm. definitely immediately ask her, like, do you want, do you want to be a part of this? Because Mm -hmm. again, we created something so amazing together. And just because she's on a different journey right now, doesn't mean she's still not a part of it. And exactly, you know, um, my accomplishments are her accomplishments and vice versa when it comes to this. So 100%. That's how I feel about MJ too. They're going to, I hope they listen to this episode and cry. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you they will. I bet you they will. (laughs) Okay. So, um, 
right now, uh, I know Canada's on a little bit of a lockdown, but things are opening up. But are you single in a relationship or dating at all? I'm kind of dating someone, yeah. Did you meet him in person or over the yeah. apps or in person? Hey. It's funny. I've been on the apps once and I ended up dating someone I already knew because I guess it was comfortable for me to match with someone mm-hmm. that I knew and that was kind of new to me. We dated for a few months. It didn't work out, but we're still good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I dated one other guy that a stranger Ooh. on an app. He was wonderful. We still talk, but he had a kid, which is fine. It's fine. But he also wanted more kids and that's not something I want. So that's, that's the only reason why it ended. He was great in every other aspect, but you know, it's good to recognize what you want and what you don't want. And Mm -hmm. it sucks when, you know, it doesn't match up, but yeah, those are my only two, um, online or app dating experiences and i guess both were positive but yeah they sound very positive i wish i could say the same for myself (laughs) i was gonna say i have friends who do the apps all the time and the stories are um shocking Our, our our mutual friend keepers who you don't know our mutual friend ellen she and i will message back and forth about like because she posts like all those ridiculous uh (laughs) dating profiles and i love her for it like please call these men out because i love it they're just they're not ready to date like what is going on with men in this world (laughs) that's the craziest thing like yeah you look at half of them and you're like you should not even be allowed to download this app. There should be like a questionnaire or something first. Like you should have to pass a test of like, are you mature enough? I don't know. (laughs) Okay. But there are um, like dating sites that make you do questionnaires and I got denied. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yes. yes. What kind of questions? It was, it was eHarmony and I got denied for eHarmony, but I found out later after I got denied for this, because I was like, what the fuck did I do to get denied from eHarmony? <laughs> I know. I know it's ridiculous. But um, yeah, I got denied from eHarmony. And what it was, they're owned by Christian Mingle. And I think because I answered my religious questions very like atheist agnostic, they were like, uh-uh, nope. That is so fascinating. I had no idea that they were owned by Christian Mingle. Yeah. But also... That makes no sense because, like, let the Christians be on Christian Mingle then and, like, have that for everyone else, right? That's like, I would think so, but, you know, it's fine. It worked out because, who I, like, I don't want to pay for dating apps either. Yeah. Because to oh, me, yeah. like, I've I've paid for Match once and it was all the same contenders that was all, that's been on, like, free Bumble, free Tinder, you know, and I was like, well, <laughs> don't need to pay for anything because it's all the same people all in the same circle, so whatever. Yeah. So have you ever been on a virtual date since like COVID and everything has shifted how dating is for us single girls? Like, have you been on virtual dates? I haven't been on virtual dates. I will say I did a bad thing the first year of COVID. No, not a good bad thing. Just a bad, bad thing. Where (laughs) instead of trying to like meet new people because it was impossible, I went back to like a toxic ex because Mm. it was like what I knew, what was comfortable You know, that's something very, I noticed that was very common during that first year of COVID was that all of us went back to certain toxic behaviors that we had maybe wiped out, whether it be an ex or, you know, not working out or this or that. But like, 
so much was out of our control that if we weren't depressed and doing something toxic, like you got your life way more together than I ever will. And yeah. I applaud you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely, especially like having, you have to be in a bubble and yeah. all of that. It was like, this is already my comfort bubble in a, in yeah. a bad way, but like, this is what I know. I'm just going to stick with this because how do you even, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about like virtual dating and everything like that would have been probably a healthier option really. But did you ever go on some virtual dates? I've been on one virtual. Well, I mean, I was in a long distance thing. So obviously I've done virtual dates, I guess, virtual date nights. But after that, yes, I have gone on one virtual date and it was the fucking worst. This guy was ridiculous. (laughs) He, um, no, swear to God, he was like, oh, I play guitar. And I was like, of course you fucking do. Because, like, I've been trying to not date musicians for so long now. Story of my life, man. <laughs> Story of my life. You find out months later, sometimes you're like, finally, I found one. And then they become a musician when you're dating them. You're like, no. I told you. I don't do this anymore. Right? I've, left, I've left my groupie days behind me, except not really. Exactly. Once a penny lane, always a penny lane. Exactly. And if it's not musicians, it's somebody else in the creative world. I can't date somebody who's not an artist of some form because, yeah, because, you know, I, I think as creative types, we're just drawn to each other. hundred percent. It's never I intentional. I don't have friends that aren't creative types yeah. in one way or another. Like, I don't know, because like the law office I work for now, like I'm the weird artsy creative one. I am not friends with anybody really in that office because it's like, well, what do you guys do outside of, you know, writing yeah. petitions? What are your passions? <laughs> like, how do you not, how's that not your life force? It's so interesting yeah. when you find people that have like none of that. Like, I don't know how they function or do I anything. I don't either. Yeah. I don't either. But I will say, okay, so back to the state. So he was like, yeah, I play guitar and da, 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 da. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So he's, <laughs> oh my God, it's so embarrassing. He sent me a video of him playing guitar shirtless. okay and i he was like i play rhythm guitar and i was like oh god here we go you know all right yeah i watched i watched it and i was like oh yeah man you're okay because that was me being nice to him being like oh yeah you're pretty good man you're okay and he was like i know i'm an excellent guitar player and i know you're just like trying to be awkward and say i'm okay because i know i'm great he was not that good though <laughs> and you're like i know we're never going to get to a second date <laughs> <laughs> well and then and then it got even weirder cuz he told he called me stupid twice on this <laughs> virtual date what the hell is wrong with men like do you want to get laid what the fuck (laughs) he called me (laughs) and the reasons why he called me stupid were so ridiculous the first one was because i was telling him because i rent a house my house is i mean i i i I haven't ever been in a place until recently where i could even afford to buy a home Mm -hmm. so i rent my house my house is big i rent a beautiful four-bedroom house like whatever He was like, you're stupid for renting when you could buy a home and pay less on your mortgage. And I'm like, my rent's pretty cheap. And if the washer and dryer break, I don't have to replace them. Like, I'm good. (laughs) I'm sorry. Like, I live in Toronto. I have a roommate. I pay an insane amount of money. Like, the the idea of ever even living in a home like that is like... Mm -hmm. 
insane to me. Like you're like for someone to shit talk your situation is insane. Insane. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, buddy. And then the other time he called me stupid on this date, we were talking about Oh god, this is so this is so dumb. I don't even know how it came up. We were talking about brushing our teeth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've never been on a first date where you talk about brushing your teeth. In fact, I don't talk to men about brushing teeth because I just assume that they do it. I, you would hope. I you mean, would hope. You're an adult. You, you, you Do you want to have teeth? Maybe okay, you should well, brush up. British men, maybe I question their, their teeth. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so this guy, I was like, I said like, oh, I like to do ma- like mouth mouthwash. Or floss, mouthwash, brush my teeth, and then mouthwash again. And he was like, well, that's fucking stupid. And I was like, why? I feel like I have a clean mouth when I do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he, and then he said to me, because when you mouthwash after you brush your teeth, you're taking all the fluoride from the toothpaste off of your teeth, and it's not protecting you from cavities. And I was like, oh, okay. Are you a dentist? <laughs> seriously what the fuck <laughs> he wasn't a dentist i don't he like worked construction or something i don't really remember but uh yeah that was like a whole thing that i was like is this really happening to me right now he was just mad that you didn't recognize true rhythmic guitar <laughs> talent when you heard it <laughs> it's true it's true man when you <laughs> but, and, and he sent me a video of him playing like a metallica song and it's like if you're gonna pl- send me a metallica video of a video of you playing a metallica song you better be be just as good exactly. if not better than any of those men in that band wow um i used to work at a um music store like not h&b mm-hmm. like a guitar oh like instrument guitar store yes and the guys that would come in there and just sit there and like play like zeppelin metallica mm-hmm. you know all the cliche ones yeah. and like just you know, look around, be like, look at how impressive I am. And <laughs> oh my God, it was brutal. Every day, every day would happen. And I had to Did sit you- in a cash booth. I was enclosed and oh, I couldn't no. get out of there. <laughs> and I would literally have guys stand in front of the booth and play to me. And <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. It would get to the point where like male coworkers would be like, do you want me to tell them to leave? I'm like, yes, please. Like they would just stare at me and like play at me. And half, half of the time they wouldn't even try to talk to me. They would just like, I don't know. It was the weirdest job I've ever had, honestly. It was very strange. So gentlemen uh, out there, uh, do not just play music for us ladies unless you know you're at a fabulous level. Just, yes. just heads up. Heads up. Well, did you like, I, I feel like... Um, <laughs> At your guys' music shop, it should have been like in Wayne's World where you have the no stairway sign. Yes, yes, exactly. And that's the craziest thing. It's like, you guys should know this by now. Like, you don't you do not do that. Like, what do you, you, you're an embarrassment. You're embarrassing yourself. Where in your head do you think you are as good as Jimmy Page? Like, yeah. where? <laughs> yeah. You, I'm at, I'm working right now. Like, I just want your money and then for you to leave. Like, I'm not, if I wanted to hear you play, I'd go to your show. 
Yeah, exactly. And th- not only that, like, if Jimmy Page were to have walked through the door, do you think he would have started playing fucking, like, going to California or Dazed and Confused? No, he would have just been like, he would have teetered around and been like, all right, love, I want this one, you know? Exactly. Play something original, even. Like, don't play the same 10 songs I hear every day. Like, no matter who comes in, they're like, oh, gotta show off. Let me let me play Smoke on the Water. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> And of course, you would never see a woman walk in there and start, you know, doing that bullshit. Plenty of women came in and, you know, were smart about it and mm-hmm. played, got their guitars, checked it out. They weren't there to try to impress the people who worked there, basically. You know, I, as a woman who's been in bands and stuff, and you, you've, you, you're in the music industry, too, you know, as women in the music industry, men look down on us. Mm-hmm. They think like, oh, how cute, a girl with a guitar, or oh, how cute, a girl who manages music venues, or oh, how cute, yeah. you're a girl. Mm-hmm. We have so much to prove in the music industry, and, um, you know, I think that's why, like, you witness these women going in there and being like, maybe they weren't hesitant but maybe they were a little hesitant like i just know what i'm getting i know what i want to try and then i'm gonna be out because i don't want somebody coming up to me like hey well name three songs you know like that type of shit and i'm sure (laughs) those guys who were you know playing the guitar at me were talking that kind of shit to them Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know they don't have the luxury of sitting there and playing for hours like the same kind of songs without being harassed for it or some guy coming up and being like well if you actually played it like this or you know do you know this one like yeah for sure so i i think the guy who who, um sent me the video of shirtless guitar guy i think he doesn't realize that women now are doing this thing where we like take up space and we own our space instead of apologizing for being in the space yeah i think that's why he was like you know i'm excellent and i was like (laughs) Are you that? Yeah. <laughs> Are you <laughs> really? Any man who's listening, never tell us what we know about how amazing you are. That's like oh. automatically like no, no. Even Red if flag. I thought you were amazing and you said that, I'd be like, oh, not anymore. <laughs> you know, it, it actually is incredible. Just in general, the male ego, where like mediocre men think that they're incredible I don't I don't like I almost admire it in a way where I'm like how like how how are you even like that because like I I know so many incredible women who don't even slightly feel their power you know Mm -hmm. and then you got these men who like are just mediocre who at best at best who think they're like gods and you're like how do how do how do you get that? How do I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. I work at a bar <laughs> and one of my coworkers who's male and amazing and like, not like that at all. He'll daily watch me and my female coworkers get hit on like constantly by men who, you know, just show up re- like one day and are immediately like gung ho about it. And he's constantly like, I don't understand how these men can even get the nerve to speak to you at all out of nowhere. Because to him, it's like he would never have the nerve to just go up to a random woman and think like, Oh, I'm such a catch that I'm just going to throw it out there, you know, like, and then of course, when they get angry at you for not responding to, cause like, well, you don't know what you're missing. It's like, I don't know how they get that 
either. I don't know how you get the nerve to do that kind of thing. You know what else I've I've noticed with like certain men? Like, yes, it's still along the lines of egos. Is like you say something like being nice to them, and they think you're just like flirting with them hardcore. I'm like, oh yeah, my dog thought you were cool, and they're like, ah, oh, she wants my dick, and it's like. Mm, let's no 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 no. because when I actually really think a guy is cute I don't know how to act around them because oh, I'm yeah. still learning how to own my own space you know what I mean so like guys think I'm flirting with them when I'm just being friendly and then the guys I really do like I'm like oh my god he's so hot I don't know what to do so I'm gonna go hide behind yeah, a bush right now awkward as shit. <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> if I'm having like a full-out conversation with you and I'm just like totally normal I'm not in you I'm sorry <laughs> It's true. It's true. It's so bizarre. Like, where does the like, and, and, and this goes back to like, male ego versus like how we were taught to be quiet and polite and not take up space. I think that's where it comes in. So when we see a guy we really like, we're like, Oh, wait, he can't notice me. Because if he notices me, then I'm I'm being too bold. And then he'll never like me. Exactly. <laughs> you don't want to seem too into it at first, because mm-hmm. then you worry like that they're going to uh, yeah. not be into it or whatever your mind just goes a million places and you just don't know how to act I'm exactly the same way and ladies we are beautiful beings we need to be bold and we need to take up space and when we like a guy just you know have that confidence of like the guys that you talk to when you th- that you don't like have that same confidence of like yeah I could talk to him but also I like you and I could talk to you and I want you in my bed <laughs> exactly have the confidence but don't have the ego have the confidence exactly. to talk to them but not the ego to be like I'm so fucking amazing and like these guys <laughs> you know like just be confident in you, you yourself and your abilities and go for it I definitely agree with that too I think that's They're- something you also learn with age like mm-hmm. the 20 year old me is so different so different you know it's interesting to me because like I think about certain things in my life because like in my 20s I didn't have any confidence whatsoever but like I don't know how I was a groupie like because I had no confidence I don't know how like these guys were like oh, okay she seems like a fun time because now as a woman with confidence like guys are like she's so hot but I can't talk to her <laughs> you know it's funny I think back, first of all, I drank a lot more than I do now back then. And that gave me confidence. And I hate to say that. And I don't want other people because now I look back and I'm like, I wish I had a clearer memory of this shit because I probably I know I could have still gotten everything I did without that if I had just pushed myself a little more type of thing, you know? Yeah. It's that false confidence that liquor gives you. Yeah. 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 You're right. I was drinking a lot more back then. Now that you point that out to me, I'm like, oh, that's where it is. I would just be like, yeah, what's up, babe? (laughs) The interesting thing, too, when I look back is I didn't have the confidence in myself where, like, I would definitely hit on people, flirt on the guys I liked, but I never expected them to actually respond. Mm -hmm. And then anytime it did, they did. It was like, oh, my God, really? What? What? <laughs> you know, you know, it's interesting is like Pamela, for example, our, our writing mentor. Mm-hmm. She is somebody I mean, I've been writing with her for over 10 years now. I've read her books ever since. Like, I remember reading I'm with the band at like 16 and being like, this is who I want to be. But with my era of music, because yeah. I knew I wouldn't be able to do it in her era of music, even though I really would have rather had it in her era of music versus like exactly <laughs> our, same our era. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, I guess I'll have to do this this. but I'm gonna do it 
<laughs> it's gonna happen. Yeah. So, but like, she is just somebody who eludes confidence and sexy, and still in her, she's in her seventies now, right? Yeah. She, when she's in the room, she is the sexiest woman in the room. Like, obviously, all the dolls are beautiful and babes and whatever, but when she's in a room, it's just like something shines about oh, yeah. her. And she, she, you know, she's told me so many things. Like, you're the same way. She's like, all my dolls are the same way. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You, you're another specimen. Like, you're not a real person. Something I don't think. She, and she, she radiates she, like pure love and energy. And like- yes light and she doesn't like sometimes i'm like do you like is there a hatred bone you have in your body like i I don't think so at all like that's the thing yeah she's just such a wonderful person but she has taught me a lot about like my own femininity and my own sexuality and like it's okay to just fucking own it yeah yeah (sighs) that's the thing too when i look back at my younger years like my 20s where we were talking about Mm -hmm. um I don't get this anymore thankfully and even if I did I'm in a place where it wouldn't bother me even slightly Mm -hmm. but there were definitely other women around at that time who were gossiping about me who were putting me down like calling me a groupie in a negative way Mm -hmm. slut shaming me for doing what I wanted to do all of that like that was definitely part of the scene that I was experiencing. I don't know if Mm -hmm. that was the same for you. Oh, no. It's, like, it's terrible out here in Vegas, especially because it's, like, it's a, for being a big city, it's a very small town where everybody kind of was, like, you don't need six degrees of separation. It's literally, like, three degrees of separation out here. Yeah. So, if I hooked up with the guy, you know, probably four other girls had hooked up with him, and they'd be, like, well, I'm way hotter, and you're ugly, and this, you know what I mean? It's just, like, fuck off, dudes. That's the craziest thing. I feel, unfortunately, and I hope it's not the same anymore, or I hope people are realizing that's not the route and we're getting mm-hmm. better. But um, it was never men who were really ever putting me down. Like, I never had problems with men. It was in that respect. I probably got less confident because of other women treating me the way they did. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I definitely had female friends who cared. But I don't, like I barely talked to anyone other than a lot of the men, male friends I knew back then at this mm-hmm. point. And it's funny too, because I've talked to a lot of my male friends that knew me back then. And they've also brought up to me how like they remember certain women being a certain way with me and hearing things about me like this. And, you know, it's been really interesting talking to them mm-hmm. and almost like healing for me to hear them validate what I knew I was going through and like to know that other people recognized it and also kind of thought it was wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's actually been really fascinating and I love reconnecting with old friends now because of that. And I've actually had a couple women write to me that knew me back then and apologized for shit. Good. Yeah. It's been interesting. It's been really interesting. Some of them, Um, and some apologies I accept and other people I'm like, you were a monster to me. Like, I'm like, I'm glad you're, you're growing up. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I still don't want to know you and like, that still wasn't okay. But 
you know, I, I think I think back then, like, yes, there were toxic women around me, but I think I was also a very toxic person because there was a lot about myself I didn't like. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, like, my, my, one of my very best friends now, um, her name's Rachel. She's a comedy producer out here. She's been on some of our episodes. She's just such a beautiful light. And we will talk and we realize we were running in the same circles. We had just never met. And I said to her, I said, I didn't like who I was back then. So I think had we met back then, we wouldn't be friends. And she goes, I didn't like who I was back then either. And I said, so it's all about timing too, you know, like we need each other. We like, we need each other in our lives. And like, Mm -hmm. had it been back then, we would not have each other. And this is the time we need each other. So I think, you know, believing in the universe and the divine and whatever, it does give you the people that you need to learn the lessons or to have um, as you need them. Like I've learned you know, in my late 20s, early 30s, how to be such a better girlfriend than I ever was before. Mm -hmm. It's true. I mean, none of us are perfect. We all Mm -hmm. have our toxic moments. We've all Mm -hmm. hurt people unintentionally, I hope, maybe some people Mm -hmm. intentionally, and then you learn that maybe that's not okay. But yeah, we're like, we're all going through shit. And I'm sure every woman who ever, or every girl at that Mm -hmm. age, whoever talk shit about me and everything was mm-hmm. experiencing their own feelings at that time that made them feel that way toward me. It has nothing to do with me. Yeah. It's, it's what you're going through as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, and you and I are about the same age. I remember there was a big thing that was happening in like our early to mid twenties where girls were like, I don't hang out. Like it was cool to be the girl who didn't hang out with girls who was like, I don't like to hang out with girls. I only hang out with guys. Like yeah. that was like, that made you the cool girl. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy that, we as women now are like, fuck that. No, women are awesome and we should all be friends. Exactly. And yeah, you grow up and you learn like, well, maybe like society is like trying to force that because we are stronger together and mm-hmm. there are elements that don't want us to be strong together. Right. Exactly. So, yes. Yeah. 100%. And I, I think, I, honestly, like what really, I, I'm going to go to bring this back to Pamela too, is being in these all women writing courses and stuff with her has really helped me be a better girlfriend because it's like you're sharing your soul with these women, you know, internationally, even when we're doing doll con, you're sharing these, you know, your souls with these women and, you know, it comes in in a non-judgmental place. And then once you realize like, oh, you can che- check your ego at the door oh, I can be a better person. Oh, I can be a really good friend. Oh, I can be a great partner if I just check my ego a little bit. Yeah. And listening to all these different stories from women who have completely different backgrounds than you do, completely different lives, some of them, it's it's such a like growing experience. And, you know, your lifestyle might not be something that I would want for myself, mm-hmm. but I love learning through you and hearing your life experience and empathizing and all being together. It's these, it's, it is like a therapy group or support group, (laughs) a writing group, a friendship group. It's like everything we're laughing. And then two minutes later, we're crying. And then another minute we're laughing again. And then we're like shocked. And then we're, you know, it's just, uh. it's, it's, it, what's so great about it too, is we all come from such vastly different backgrounds. We all have very, one very big thing in common, I would say. But so many of us have been through so much of the same experiences too with, you know, 
betrayals and partners and journey of loving ourselves. It all comes from all these things and we all kind of struggle with the same things. Yeah. I remember at the the last time we were all together, we were all talking about our therapists and Pamela goes, all my girls are in therapy. And I was like, but it's good for us. (laughs) (laughs) We all need it. And she's like mother therapist to all of us. I know. (laughs) (laughs) You're part of our therapy journey, Pamela. (laughs) It's so true, though. It is so Uh, true. Okay. So um, switching it up again, going back to uh, dating and stuff. Um, Have you ever been set up by a friend? You know what? I never have. I've never been set up by a friend. Now that I think about it, no. Never. Okay. Thanks, as friends. What's wrong with you guys? (laughs) They must just not know any guys that are good enough for you. That's it. That's what it is. (laughs) Actually, it's it's true. (laughs) I mean, I don't, I, I don't have people. It's funny though. Cause again, I'm a bartender and I've mm-hmm. set up, I set up people at the bar that I know are yeah. single and like regulars with like yeah. others. And yeah. I actually have one successful, um, relationship thing going on right now mm-hmm. where, um, I didn't have enough tables to seat everyone. And I put them together. Cause I was like, Oh, do you want to sit with these guys? And then like, they did. And Ooh. within 20 minutes, they were making out. And then it was months ago. And now they're still together. So it really worked out. Yay. You know, um, it, it's funny because, like, uh, my next question was going to be, like, what do you think the right way to set somebody up is? Because I don't know. I've been set up a few times. And, like, it's kind of worked out. And one time, it like, the last time they were, like, my, my friends were kind of setting me up with somebody. We were at this, like, this, like, benefit, this, like, ball. We were at a ball. Yeah. <laughs> People still go to balls, apparently. Amazing. This, like, this, like, ball. And um, we go to dinner afterwards, and me and this guy, were chatting, and he says something about how he's been single for a long time. And my friend goes, oh, Bree's single, too. Isn't she gorgeous? And we start flirting, and we're chatting, and we start talking, and I end up giving him a ride home, because he was like, oh, I'll just Uber. And I was like, you live right by me. Like, I haven't even been drinking. Like, it's stupid for you to pay for an Uber. I'll just drive you home. <laughs> Okay. 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 So what I had done, this was my like smooth move. I thought, I thought this was the greatest move of my life. Like I thought I was being so fucking slick. I, um, when the waitress came to bring me my check, I'm like signing off and stuff. And then I use the pin that she gave me and I start like doodling hearts on this, like, cause he, I, my ticket for the, for the benefit. Mm-hmm. And then I like put my number on the back. Cause he gave me all the tickets for some reason. And I was like, okay. So I just put my number on it and then I put it in my purse that was that. So I drive him home and I was like, oh, here, by the way, you take your tickets back. Nice. I didn't, I didn't tell him. He, yeah, yeah. I, gave, I didn't tell him. Um, I think he threw them away and Stop. didn't even. <laughs> That's the thing. If you like, sometimes you try to be like smooth like that, but yeah. they got they got to be like attentive. They got to look, you know. Well, not only that, but he didn't actually ask for my number. And then because he didn't ask for my number, even though he had it, there was one thing he did that really kind of turned me off. Like, I'm a big, like, if you, like, so if you were in town and you were like, oh, I'm just going to Uber back to my hotel. And I was like, no, let me drive you. And you're like, no, 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 no. I'm like, please text me when you're in your hotel and the doors are locked and I know you're safe. And he didn't tell me, like, let me know when you're home safe. And that's, yeah, that's like a big turnoff for me. <laughs> I I completely agree. Any guy who's ever been into me, not even any guy who's been into me, like my male friends, if I'm leaving mm-hmm. them at the bar, say the same thing. And if I yeah. don't, I do get a text from them being like, you, you're home, you're good. Like that's, 
That's so important. It is. My roommate even, like, he'll, um, like, if we're both out for the night, like, he'll text me, like, last night, because we both, like, we both went out, but we didn't go out together. He texted me probably at, like, 2 a.m. He's like, hey, are you out or are you home? And I was like, oh, I'm home safe. And he's like, okay, good. He's like, just, you know, lock the doors. Yeah. Like, okay, dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> doors are locked. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's a thing. Like, guys, really, like, if you want to show respect for a woman, regardless if you think she's hot or not, Always, that is, like, the best move ever. Let me know when you're home safe. Whether it's just a friend or not, Mm -hmm. like, show that you care. It does go a long way. And, you know, you never know what can happen in life, too. So, Mm -mm. like, actually make sure your friends are safe. Especially if you're out and, like, you know that they're drinking or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. it it doesn't hurt to to ask, you know. You don't want to regret not asking. So as a bartender, I'm sure you get to see a lot of like first dates and Tinder dates, right? Oh God, yes. Can you see when they're going wrong? Can you see they like start off and then you like see that turn where you're like, ooh, that's not working out very well. A hundred percent. It's bit, I, it's one of my favorite things actually as a bartender to like witness things. I've seen terrible things. I've seen, I've had couples break up in front of me. Like I'm oh mixing drinks and they're sitting at the bar, like literally in front of me. And I'm like trying not to listen and, uh, but like, I can't help but listen. And it's so. Have you ever had a situation where you've had to be like, oh, that girl's in danger. Like we need to do something about it. I haven't had a situation where I'm worried about a woman. Thankfully, Um, Mm -hmm. I have had situations where I can tell someone's upset and I'll go check on them. And yeah, a date's Mm -hmm. not going well, a breakup, whatever, Mm. Um, or rejection or something. Yeah. um, I definitely am a, like, I try to be attentive with that shit with mm-hmm. women at the bar. Yeah. Um, I'm actually happy because like I said, I've had a lot of women come in and I've like, I haven't set people up often and that kind of happened mm-hmm. once, but, um, I have like a handful of young, like women in their twenties who come to the bar and they always bring their first dates there. So I get to witness it. They're comfortable. They know they're in a safe place. So like this Mm -hmm. is the bar that they bring people to to do that. And that makes me feel good to know that like they feel happy and safe. Oh, I have that bar too. There's a bar close, like semi close to my house. That's like, that's my first date bar because I know the bartender's there. I, um, it's, it's very safe for me because it's like, I have a quick escape route, um, and they know me and like they can, I I haven't really been on a really, really, really bad first date there ever, but I know that if it was bad, they would pick up on that really quick. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually have male friends who do that too. Um, I have a story I can tell uh, recently. It's a crazy one where I'm ready for it. A male friend of mine came to the bar and he was like, Oh, I'm meeting this girl here. Um, It's our first date. And I'm like, great. This is exciting. Like, I can't wait to witness this. He's like, I've never seen her face. Like she's been wearing a mask. Every time I see her, she's like, I, she was a waitress or something. And he went and so he asked her out and he never saw the rest of her face. So we were like, oh, okay, like, I wonder what she's going to look like. She shows up, she sits down, she's absolutely adorable, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. I'm watching them. Date looks like it's going so good. Over an hour passes, they're pounding down the drinks, they're getting comfy with each other, they're touching each other, they're kissing here and there. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is fast. This is well, this is great. You and go, then, boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then I look over at him at one point, 
And he's one of those people who has like a great face for expressions. And he just looks mm-hmm. at me like, 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 like he gives oh. me a head tilt with the like big <laughs> eyes. Like, and I'm like, Oh shit, things aren't. Where did that go wrong? Yeah. And I'm like, Oh no, no. Like it looks, <laughs> it looks like it's going so well. And he, then she gets up and walks out and he's like, I'm going to get her an Uber. She's, she's messed up. She needs to go home. Oh. I'm like, okay, they go out. He's gone for like 50 minutes. And I'm like, what the hell? Like they didn't pay or anything. He said he was just going out. He comes back. He tells me this crazy story about how like he had to take the Uber with her because the Uber driver wouldn't take her alone. She's pounding. She was so fucked up. Yeah. She's got like a vape, like a weed vape. And she's just mm. sucking it back the whole time. Then he oh, tells no. me she's actually been married for a decade to a- another woman. And I guess she's, yeah. <laughs> and what he, the fuck? <laughs> he found all of that out, like, after they were, like, making out and, like, having the best date ever. And then he had to come all the oh, way no. back to the bar and, like, pay for everything. And, yeah. Oh, my God. Please tell me you at least bought him a shot to make him feel better. 100%. 100%. <laughs> okay, a couple shots. <laughs> you were like, here you go, honey. You need these. Yeah. <laughs> So as a bartender, I'm sure like first dates at the bar are kind of boring to you. So besides drinks and like dinner, what do you think is and and like movies, what do you think is a really fucking cool first date? Man, it's interesting because like I've been thinking about that recently where I feel like a lot of times I end up dating people who are maybe are in my circle already. And Mm -hmm. it's it's like we don't start by going on these like specific dates. Mm-hmm. Like the person I'm seeing now, I've, I've been seeing them for a while and it wasn't until like months in where he was like, we never like gone out for dinner or like had like a date date. Like, let's do mm-hmm. that. You know? Yeah. I just, I, for me, I feel like just, I love talking. I love getting to know mm-hmm. people. I don't care what we're doing as long as you're present and open mm-hmm. and talking and, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm easy in that respect where like, I don't need a lot to impress me. Like take me to a bar, buy my drinks, talk to me, mm-hmm. share some shit. I don't have, yeah, I don't have like an ideal. We do this and then we do that. Like, and then we ride on a pony. Into yeah. The sunset. It's, it's all about like getting <laughs> to know you. I just yeah. want to, I just want you. I want you present in this moment. I don't care about the dinner. I don't care about. Yeah. Whatever. We don't have to be at. Also, like, you, you don't think? need to buy my drinks, but if you want, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to go to like the fanciest steakhouse. I mean, I know you're a vegetarian, vegan, but yeah. like for me, like I don't. You don't need to take me to the fanciest steakhouse. We'll do that when we're already dating. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But no, I agree with you. One of the coolest first dates I ever went on. I ended up not liking the guy because he ended up just not being on my level intellectually of what I need. Mm-hmm. Um, n- nothing to him. He was gorgeous he was beautiful but he just wasn't wasn't super right for you yeah yeah it wasn't right for me um so he we went to the haunted museum out here as our first date and that's a very quiet tour like you're not supposed to talk a lot through it so it was a lot of like looks and touching and like whatever and then we ended up going out for drinks afterwards but like that was a really cool first date and i was like you know i kind of like museums as a first date 
I've been to like mob museum on a first date now. I've been to like art galleries on first dates because you kind of get get a vibe for somebody on a spiritual level more so than just like let's talk about everything. Yeah. And then you can go out and talk about everything because like I'll watch the way people people's mannerisms are around art to see if they're like oh this is lame or oh this is kind of fucking cool. And I really love. I'm a big history buff. So if you take me to like a history museum, I'm like, let's do this shit. I love that. <laughs> yes. I just thought of something. Um, the person that I'm currently dating, one of the first mm-hmm. kind of things that we were doing together, we, it, it wasn't like dates, but mm-hmm. while we were like beginning to connect and realize there was something there, we would just hang out and, you know, drink and talk and, mm-hmm we would play each other's songs <gasps> to like kind of express our feelings. And we literally like play a whole song and sit at a table and just like stare at each other the whole time. Oh, and it was I like, yeah, it was one of the most intense things I've ever experienced. And like the connection of like expressing yourself through these songs. And like, it went from like songs of how we feel as a person to like how we feel about each other. And like we definitely, before we like vocalized our feelings for each mm-hmm. other, communicated that through music that we would play for one another. I love that. You know, I think one of the most special things you can do for a person is being like, I want you to listen to this song because it made me think of you. Yeah. You need to reciprocate that. Like, okay, so they gave me the song recommendation. I need to listen to this because there's a reason why they're telling me to listen to this song. Um I had a friend, and we're just friends. We're, he's just, like, one of my best guy friends. He used to make me mix CDs all the time, and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And, like, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know, the art of the playlist, like, I make playlists all the time on Spotify and share it with people, and I don't know if they listen to it or not, but mm-hmm. I feel like the art of the playlist and giving somebody that as a gift is such a beautiful, beautiful connection with somebody, regardless if it's romantic or not. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And like a lot of us, if we're not artists, especially, mm-hmm. um, don't know how to express certain things. And sometimes you can hear a song and it sums it up so perfectly. Yes. Like, it's like everything I want to say to you is wrapped up in this song. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. So, okay. Have you ever been ghosted? This is terrible. Like, no, I've never been ghosted. (laughs) (gasps) That's amazing. No, that's not terrible at all. That's great because being ghosted is like, it puts you like, even though you don't. Actually, I sort of have. Actually, I do have a story now that I think about it. It's actually, uh, it is terrible. I haven't been like fully, fully ghosted, but an Uh ex of mine from a few years ago, we've been dating for a few months and... I, he wasn't feeling it anymore, I guess. And instead of just being honest with me and talking me through it and, you know, whatever. Being an adult? Being an adult. Um, he just started to, like, t- text less and all of that shit. And I... Oh, did the slow fade away? The slow ghost, yes. Yes. And then finally, it came to a moment where I was like, obviously, like, w- what's going on here? So I wrote him a text being like, what's going on? Like, is this, is this how you break up with women? You just like slowly fade away. And he wrote back, unfortunately, yes. That was his text back. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, wow. yes. I'm like, okay. Unfortunately, yes. Well, okay. Uh, so what did you do to get yourself out of that post like ghost funk? 
What I did was I told him, you owe me an in-person talk about this because we've been dating for months and then you're going to hear everything that I'm going to tell you about your shitty behavior on how you ended this. Because I figured... Did it happen? Yes, it did happen. I figured (gasps) the worst thing that he... he, uh, Confrontation, obviously, is the scariest thing to him. So I'm going to force him to face this. Good. And he did. And we talked and I told him like, you can't do this anymore. This is a shitty thing to do to a person. Mm -hmm. And um, we're good friends now. He goes to therapy. He's told me like he talks about that in therapy. Like he learned from it. I hope he has. I hope he hasn't treated women like that since. But yeah, he definitely was like, I hear everything you're saying and I'm sorry. And I'm, I know I need to work on that. So, and at least, yeah, he is in therapy. So again, it, that was cathartic for me. I needed, I spoke what I needed to speak and hopefully it, like it helped him and his next relationships. And I hope the other women in his future don't experience that, you know, here's to hoping man. One of the most cathartic things for me was, um, it has nothing to do with ghosting, but like, my very toxic ex. I mean, I have like multiple years of podcast material on this relationship. Mm-hmm. When I ran into him last year, that run-in wasn't super cathartic. It was actually kind of weird because he kept like glaring at me like like I was the bad person. But I sent him like I sent him a message and I was like, dude, look, we can be able to take up space in the same room and not hate on each other. Yeah. And we had like a little bit of a conversation. And that was very cathartic for me because it was like, because I realized like, okay, I can be in the same room with this guy and not want to like, be like, "Ah!" you know, but also like, I can talk to him and those feelings didn't come back and nothing came back. It was just kind of like, okay, cool. Like, Mm -hmm. we know of each other existing and that's it. And that's a really cathartic thing. I think that's when you know you're truly, truly over somebody and you're ready for something new. I'm very big on saying anything that you need to say. Mm -hmm. Um, trying to get some kind of closure and yeah I'm if I'm not good friends or friends with my exes I'm at least happy and comfortable with them if I see them it's never like oh fuck like and uncomfortable it's like yeah uh, they've all listened to me when I needed to say Mm -hmm. things and vice versa and I feel like Mm -hmm. with every relationship too like you learn shit you if you if you're willing to at least the way I look at it is like I loved this person at some point like there's something that can in me that doesn't have to carry around hate too. And when you're carrying around hate, that means you're still carrying around some sort of feeling for somebody. Yeah. And that's like toxic sort of, for you. Like it's toxic for you and you don't need that strong emotion. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I hate carrying around that kind of stuff that you don't need to yeah. anymore. And like you said, I feel like I want my biggest thing with like relationships and love and all of that. I hate it when people are like soulmate, soulmate, there's this one person like there's not one person Everyone who's come into my life has taught me something, has meant something to me. I've yeah. learned from them. I've grown. I've experienced something. Like you were, they were all meant to be in my life for however yes. long they were meant to be. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's twenty years. Sometimes it's two months. Whatever. You don't know. You don't. And you know, I, I think that too. Like I look at it, soulmates. Don't have to be a romantic partner too. Like I think you're one of my soulmates because I've I've bared my soul to you in ways that I don't bear my soul to my best friends because it's like we we share something very intimate with each mm-hmm. other when we sit down and write together. Very true. And 
You, you know what I mean? And so I, you guys are like my soul sisters and I sh- like, but like my best friends, they're my soulmates in other ways too. Like, I feel like when you meet somebody and you feel like you've known them for a long time, like you're on this different emotional like platform with them, that means they're a soulmate. It doesn't have to be a romantic thing. Exactly. And it's the ones that are the friendship soulmates that are actually the ones that will probably last your life. For sure. You know, for sure. They're the ones that are going to stick around. They're the ones that are going to love you no matter what. They're going to grow with you. Intimate relationships, sexual relationships, those mm-hmm. things change over time. And they're meant to. Like, that's the yeah. thing. I feel like people ignore like you're not always meant to sometimes you do grow together in a positive way and Mm -hmm. sometimes you both grow in separate ways I feel like so many people stick in relationships and I'm sort of totally guilty of this in my past where you you know you should have been done a long time ago but like Mm -hmm. you don't let go because you want it to be the way it was or Mm -hmm. you know you it's my soulmate. Like I can't, like I'm going to go get through this rough thing. It's like, sometimes it's just better to recognize we had our time. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Let's not make it into something toxic and negative for the last bit. Like, let's just yeah. acknowledge how great it was when we have it. Like, thank you for that time. And let's move on. I feel like my last breakup was very much like it. Like, I appreciate you. I, I mean, I've hung out with this guy since. Like, I appreciate you. I care about you. It's just that we're not good for each other at this very moment. And it's not because we were toxic towards each other. It's because we weren't trying for each other. Yeah. And once that stopped, I was like, yeah, this isn't working for me. And he was like, yeah, not really working for me either anymore. And, you know, we had our time. And like I said, we've we've hung out since and it's been fine. But like, I love that you said that, like, will people will say stuff? Because I know I've been in relationships where it's like, I was nostalgic for the way I, long term, short term, whatever. I was nostalgic for the way I felt, yeah. you know, two months ago. So it's like, well, we can get back there. Mm-hmm. It's not a big deal. Even though all we're doing is fighting yeah. and we're at each other's throats and we're not making each other happy. We'll get there again. Cause you're nostalgic for the way you felt for a moment. Exactly. And that's the same. Like I have my last ex was super toxic and gaslighting mm-hmm. and we're like, yep. I never knew which version of him I was going to get, but the loving Mm -hmm. version was so loving. And then the shitty version was so shitty. But in those moments, it was like, I know that you're that loving person somewhere inside. So you stick there like waiting for that. You're like, that's the real you, right? Like that's the one. So you you keep waiting for that one to show up again. And then he does for a moment and then it gives you more hope. And then it's like, it's just a toxic circle. Oh, it is. It is. The love bombing is so insane to me because I've been love bombed like with my toxic ex, like the love bombing, that euphoria that you feel. It's like, ah, and then like the lows were so, so, so low. And I realized with my relationship after that, that it's like, oh, it doesn't have to be up and down and up and down all the time. Like there are normal people out there who will listen to you when you're like, hey, I didn't like that. And they'll be like, well, why? Yeah. Okay, let's talk about it. And it's like, wait, you don't want to fight? Like, wait, hold on. I don't have to have my guard up all the time. It is mind blowing when you meet someone who's like stable. And like, yeah, that's what I have found in my relationship since where like, I keep expecting him to act a certain way. Like I'll expect him to be angry or I'll expect a bad mood or something. And when it doesn't happen, I'm like, wait, like what? Like what? Like you're just stable and normal and just want me to be happy. Like what? Like it's so crazy. It's so crazy. My, 
my favorite thing is when I realized that like, oh, not every every conversation has to turn into why I did something wrong. I was like, oh, well, we could talk about why this bothered me and it's not my, it doesn't have to turn into my fault. That's the greatest thing ever. (laughs) I found I was in early in my relationship. I would say sorry for things. And then he Mm -hmm. would be like, why are you saying sorry? Like what's there to be sorry about? And I'll realize like, oh, that's like my ex where like I I'm guilty. And like, I'm, like something's wrong all the time and I'm all constantly apologizing for stupid yep. shit that I shouldn't be. Cause your ex made you feel guilty for taking up space. Yeah. And anybody you date after what, what's so great about like breaking that toxic cycle is like anybody you date after that. It's like, I'm not going to let you make me feel guilty for that. Mm-hmm. Even if like subconsciously you're doing it at the beginning, you kind of catch on when they're like, what, what are you doing? And you're like, Oh, I know where this comes from. Exactly. This is like, trauma that's coming in and then once you realize it you're like fuck this it's such a I am the baddest bitch ever exactly and it's just a shock to realize that's that's the way I've been conditioned to think like oh my god I didn't even realize how bad it was until you're out of it and you're experiencing something healthy and positive and ah it's just such a relief to like be in that and like anyone who is in something like the way that we've been talking, like if you, if you recognize mm-hmm. those negative things, get mm-hmm. out because it's not worth it. Yes. And there's a hundred percent other people out there who are not going to treat you like that. And like that you don't have to, you don't have to be in a relationship like that. That's I, I, for a long time, I feel like I thought like sacrifices and like those shitty moments were just necessary. And now I'm mm-hmm. realizing like, that's not, that's not the no it's it's not necessary you don't have to and, put yourself through that no and there are sacrifices to be made in every relationship for sure but when you're the only one sacrificing that's where it becomes a problem when you're the only one bending and you're just like oh i'm sorry i thought that like you kissing another girl was bad <laughs> you know if if you're sacrificing stuff where like you're being emotionally drained and like yep. you're not feeling good that's not worth it there are sacrifices, of course, you know, sometimes you're yeah. not going to win every fight. But like, if, if, if you always feel negative after that's not mm-hmm. no, that's not that's healthy. Not- that's not good. Yeah. And you know what I've realized because I've been single for a while now. Um, I haven't even really been dating. I went through a lot of shit last year. Like when my grandma getting sick and dying, like I right before my grandma got sick, I was like, I think I'm ready to start dating again. And then as soon as my grandma got sick, I was like, because I downloaded the apps and then my grandma got sick. And I was like, maybe I'm not ready to start dating again. Maybe this is just kind of like, to me, that was a sign. Yeah. Like, no, bitch, not yet. Yeah. Um, but I'm at this point now where I'm the happiest I've been single since before I met my toxic ex. So I know something good is about to come to me because I'm really, really comfortable in a space of being single. I'm really, really comfortable in career right now. I'm really, really comfortable with what's going on. Yeah. And I'm really happy where I'm at. So something big is about to happen. I feel absolutely, like. absolutely. <laughs> and that's such an important thing too, where I feel like a lot of people that friends of mine that I know are on dating apps and from mm-hmm. my experience in my past as well, where sometimes you're not ready, but you want to be ready and you're doing mm-hmm. it. And when, you, when things hit harder than they should, like, Oh, a guy didn't match with you. You went out on one date and it didn't work out and they, mm-hmm. and it, it was their choice and not yours. If you're devastated by that kind of stuff, like you're not ready to be dating. I, I feel because that's not, you're taking it personally and it's not personal. It's not. 
it's not personal. And when you're doing stuff like that, you're looking for some validation outside of yourself too. Exactly. And, and you don't need to do that. I mean, I know when I'm looking for validation outside of myself, in my head, I'm like, okay, well, once I get the really good job, then I'll be a I'll find a really good boyfriend. Or once I get, you know, lose 20 pounds, I'll, I'll be a really great girlfriend for somebody. Or once I do this, the ABCD, like in my head, it's like, okay, well, once I reach this goal, then I'm going to be, it's over for you bitches. And that, that's not how it is. Like, cause then I'm seeking outside validation instead of just being like, once I love myself, yes, then I'll be the best partner I can be. Also, the best partner for you is someone who already is going to love you for whatever you are exactly. in that moment. You don't need to exactly. reach a goal to, to match someone else's, you know? I, and that's so true. But I just, I know these things about like my, my brain will go there when I need to seek outside validation. It'll be like, well, you're not good enough right now, but once you do this, you'll be great girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and the thing too, I am exactly. And <laughs> There's no denying, like, dating is rough. Dating is not it is. easy. It's difficult. And you have to have a thick skin because you're you're going to meet a lot of people that aren't right for you. And whether you recognize that right away or if they recognize it first, it's going to hit you. And you have to be in a place of self-love where, like, you know your worth, you know what you want, and you have to be comfortable with being rejected sometimes or having to reject others sometimes. Because that's going to happen if you're dating both I ways. Always com- I like to compare dating to looking for a job. Yes. Like to me, it's so similar because you're going to like go on this interview and be like, I nailed that. They loved me because like people who are interviewing you are like, you're great, yeah. man. You're so awesome. And then you get ghosted by the company. Yes. And they hire somebody else and you see that the, uh, the uh, ad is like the indeed ad has been taken off or whatever. So, I mean, that's something like I, I compare dating to job search because mm-hmm. it's so fucking similar. You like, you meet a guy or a potential partner and they're like, you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Oh my God. And then they like ghost you and you're like, wait, I thought I was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Yep. You can't take everything so emotionally. Like, would you take not getting a job that emotionally? Then why are you taking this person that emotionally it was one date. It was one interview, you know? Exactly. And even if you see good signs in them, it, yeah. And I'm sure they see good things in you. They also know how they want to be loved and what's right mm-hmm. for them. And we can't be right for everyone. Just like you, we also reject people. We also mm-hmm. know when men aren't right for us. Oh yeah. For and sure. again, sometimes you can really like the person and think they're mm-hmm. fantastic, but you just know it's, it's, for a relationship, it's just not what you need. And it's oh, not I a have... personal thing. You, you you wish, you're like, I wish you were what I wanted because you're great mm-hmm. or what I needed. I, yeah, I have so many guy friends like that, that I'm like, you're fucking awesome. And you're going to, and like, I'm happy teaching you how to make a woman happy. Yeah. But you're not what I need. Exactly. Like my roommate, he has like, he has a few girls in rotation or whatever, but like, One of the girls, she told me, she's like, you're teaching him how to be the best partner ever just by being like, okay, you also use fabric softener when you wash your, when you wash your bedding, like just those little, little things like that. And I'm like, good. I hope there's somebody out there teaching my future husband these things because I don't want to have to keep teaching people this shit. Yes. I love that. (laughs) Hopefully my karma will like work out for me in that way. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm, oh. I'm sure I'm sure you're right, though. I, I feel like something good's going to come your way real soon. I think so. I mean, career wise, I just had a big thing happen career wise. By the time this episode comes out, actually, I can announce it. So like, I'm back in radio. Yay! Yay! Right yeah, where you I'm belong, back, baby. Right where I belong. I, 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 I mean, law offices, it's fun. There's money. And I'm good with the clients where I was like at this bankruptcy law firm I was at. I really need to be around creative people in a, in a creative environment. Like I've realized that like I've chased money and I've chased creativity and I prefer to be chasing creativity. Like I can make money anywhere. You can always make more money, but will you always be happy yeah. making that money? And that's what I realized. I was like at a point where I was making the most money I had ever made. And then I was like coming home at night, not doing anything to make me happy. I, I, I'm an avid reader. I haven't been, I wasn't reading very much. I wasn't writing. I wasn't, I would just lay on my couch and like whine about being lonely. I'm not a lonely person. I have so many people in my life and I would just be like, I'm lonely and I'm alone and I don't like my job and I don't like myself. And when I get to that point, it's like, okay, I'm the only one that has this power to change this. So what are we doing here? Exactly. Exactly. That's another thing. I feel like people don't realize like the powers within you, if you're not happy in your situation, it's not going to change until you make it change. And exactly. it's hard I mean, and it's scary, but like you have it in you to do it. And that's the only way it's going to change. And we could sit there and try to manifest the life we want. And I think we should. I'm so anti of that toxic positivity. Po- toxic positivity. Oh my gosh, I can speak. I promise. <laughs> I'm a professional. Um, I'm anti that, but also, you, you know, there is power within you to manifest, but you also have to take action to make those manifestations happen. I can't just sit there and write in my journal, like, I want to be a millionaire. Okay, well, what am I going to do to become a millionaire? Exactly. <laughs> I feel like manifesting is good in recognizing the things that you want in life, but then yes. you have to make the effort to make it happen. You have to take that step forward. You have to try. Mm-hmm. You have to make an effort. It's it's true, man. And that's something I'll learn. I'll, I'll get together when I um, stop hiding behind bushes and I see you guys. But I think <laughs> I swear, man. Take a step I, out I, of that bush, okay? <laughs> Just one step. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bizarre with it. I don't want to just come at you. Like, that's not what I want. I want you to treat me like a lady and ask me on a date. <laughs> it's such an interesting, like, the first move. Like, how how, yeah. how do you, like, it is a delicate sometimes. And of course, yeah, um, I would much rather a guy just make a move than me have to like, I guess I will, or like, how do you, it is like, it is a awkward, but it's also cute and like, yeah. So I've started learning because like I used to be fine making the first move, the second move, whatever move, just like kind of like, and I've, I've always been somebody who rushes into, I'm trying to slow things down in my life and just not rush into something immediately. Sometimes like like taking it slow again, like the thing that I'm in, we, we played music for each other for like months before we even Love that. yeah and yeah. like it was probably like one of the most romantic things I've ever experienced just hanging out and knowing we have feelings but like not mm-hmm. fully engaging in them just yet just like it was intense really, it was beautiful really getting to know each other and really getting to bond before you're like oh my god I love you and we should just be like in each other's faces making out and like fucking constantly 
Because I feel like uh, this is something I'm guilty of when I say like I move very fast in things. I move very fast in relationships and stuff is like I, I, you know, when you have sex with somebody, it releases the the happy chemicals and it kind of bonds you to them. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying you can't have casual sex with people or anything because I've definitely had a lot of casual sex in my life, but you still get those happy chemicals in that bonding moment. And I have a tendency, like when I really, really like somebody, if I rush into sleeping with them really, really, really fast, like, and if you fuck on the first date, good for you. I, I, I do, (laughs) you know, but, um, that's where that, like, okay, now I really like you. Okay. Now we've bonded on this level. Okay. Now we're in a relationship, right? Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 no. It's really good to just like mentally get to know somebody before. Cause like in your case for example like getting to know them on whatever level and what if you didn't like them and then you're already like oh my god you had this like whole ideal built up in your head and then you're like oh wait he has a really shitty taste in music exactly exactly (laughs) you never like you never know if you're gonna just immediately jump and again yeah i i I've had plenty of first date sex, uh, casual, just whatever. Jumping wholeheartedly into something way too fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. No, been there. Um, I think it's good also to do that and to do the opposite and like experience everything, see what works mm-hmm. for you, you know, cause we're all different too. And it's true. It's true. Yeah. If you see patterns happening that, you've discovered are maybe negative for you or that you want to kind of Mm -hmm. get out of Mm -hmm. recognize that and make the effort to try to go the other way. It's so easy talking to you. I can't believe it. I was like, I looked out at the time. I was like, Oh my gosh, has it been an hour and a half already? (laughs) I could talk for another hour and a half. I swear. I could too, but I've got to go watch some football right now. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. But Lings, I love you. And I can't wait till we can see each other again in person. Hopefully this year, maybe we can figure it out at some point. I'd love to come back down to LA and Vegas and, or we can meet in New Orleans together. Maybe, yeah. You're going in the summer, right? July. I'm going in July, which is around your birthday. It is. <laughs> it is. All right. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Let's see. Let's see about that. that would it's be happening. It, keeping it casual and muses go, does New Orleans together. I love it. <laughs> I'm in. I'm definitely it's, in. It's a reality show. It's already sold out, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so thank you so much for being my 2022 debut episode. Um, I'm so thrilled. And, you know, for people behind, like, people who don't know behind the scenes, Lynx and I, like, we still keep in touch outside of just, like, Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll, like, message each other and stuff. And we do have a friendship. We do have a really beautiful friendship outside of all of this, outside of podcasting. But really, I'm so grateful that I feel like podcasting brought us together because that's how I discovered you. I was a fan of your podcast. Yeah. And then I found out you guys were writers and I was like, fuck, dude, these are my girls. Yeah, (laughs) it was kismet. It was meant to be. 
It was, it was. Every few months, we'll get on Zoom and just have a conversation with no mics on. Yeah. So keepers, like, this is just a taste of what we do. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I really appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. And like I said, I can't wait till we could see each other again in person. And thank you so much for being my first episode as a solo podcaster and my 2022 debut. Thank you so much for inviting me. And I'm so happy that you're continuing on because I love hearing your stories and I love Oh, thank you. everything about you so yeah uh keep it up and this is exciting you too. yeah i know we we were given such a gift by our co-hosts we were a real gift to show our creativity and i appreciate them too all right guys until next time bye see ya